Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Oh, I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. All right, let's do it. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Thank you so much for being here. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. Okay, let's start with problems in the United States before we go anywhere else in the world. We have a problem at the border. It's been a problem for a long time. It's been really bad the last year and a half. Mm -hmm. So all of a sudden, we have an idea to solve this crisis? Yeah. Is that what I'm to understand? Yeah, Kamala Harris, she was on, the vice president, was on Seth Meyers' show last night and was asked about Texas Governor Greg Abbott busing migrants to her residence. And you know what? She just wants governors like Governor Abbott to just, I I don't know, be part of the solution is what she's saying. Why don't you help us? Okay. I mean, we're talking about people who have fled great harm. They've fled great harm. Okay. Can we start there? Is that always true? No. No, it's not actually always true. I don't blame someone for seeing the green light at the border saying, hey, this could be a better life for me and my family. Or if even I'm a single male to say, I think I got a much better chance in life if I can make it through that border and, you know, start a life somewhere in the United States. That doesn't mean they're fleeing great harm. They say this all the time. It's certainly not always true. I'm guessing it's not true half the time. Well, they also they always reach into the big bag of hyperbole and yank yeah. something out. Yeah. Right. Constantly. Because they always talk about families and the families that are oh, fleeing. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. Every video I see, it's mostly dudes. But anyway, go ahead. And they are coming here seeking refuge. And talk about political theater. I mean, playing games with people's lives, with their lives. Oh, shut up. Playing games with people's lives. She does this. This is so stock. Could one make the argument that's exactly what you do by basically telling the world you can come in. If you get across the border, you can stay. You don't care that there's, what, eight, seven hundred people that have died trying to cross this year? That you have so many women that go through, oh my gosh, unspeakable abuses trying to get across. So much fentanyl coming in. The coyotes, the the cartels. And killing our people. Yeah. I mean, Kamala, you're using people here for political gain, it would seem. You know, there were mothers with sleeping babies getting off those buses. Yeah, do you know what happens to a lot of them with the cartels and the coyotes? Do you know about that because you're inviting people to come? And I just think it's an absolute dereliction of duty. If you see a problem and if we agree that that we need to address it. Okay. That was your job, remember? Root causes. Wasn't that it? Yes. Okay. Then if you're a leader, participate in a solution. (laughs) That's rich, isn't it? I hadn't heard this audio yet either. Man. That is really rich, Kamala. Mm-hmm. Wow. And what's your solution to this? Right? When we first came right. in office, we the first bill that we proposed was for a pathway for citizenship. Ding, uh, ding, ding, to- ding, ding, ding. <laughs> okay. That is the greatest self-own, and the funniest part is no one realizes that that was such a spectacular self-own. Because 
when you're saying, hey, on day one, we were proposing a pathway to citizenship for people who were here illegally. Mm-hmm. What the hell do you think happened right. to that message south of our border? Yeah. A whole lot of people got the message, oh, my gosh, I could not only live there without fear of deportation, but I might be a citizen? Hell, yeah, I'm going up there. And they're giving me a free Biden shirt before I enter? <laughs> right. Heck, yes. Sounds like a great deal. Uh, was to fix a broken immigration system, which was broken under the previous administration. (laughs) (laughs) It was broken before when we were trying to build a wall to stop people from coming in. Yeah, weird. I'm sure Seth pushed back. Uh, No, come on. Yeah, right. Guy's a tough interviewer, isn't he? Participate in the solution because we are offering solutions. You are? What is it? Right, because every time you're asked about border security, you and uh, Department of Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas and Joe Biden say the border's secure. So you're admitting there's a problem, but you said the border's secure. Well, how can that be true? Yeah. Both at the same time. But instead, this gamesmanship with real human beings who trust us. (laughs) Yeah, and the Biden administration throws them on a bus and leaves them on the streets of El Paso. Yes. That's right. But they never talk about that either. No. You know, David, you said it many times. These are bad people. Oh, yeah, they are. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's pretty much it. Mm-hmm. They're bad people. Uh, remember, it was a few weeks ago, the big rail strike was avoided because that would have really been devastating for the economy for a yeah. lot of different people. Right. And you're like, well, it's not completely done with yet. And I think you were one of the first to bring that up, David. Oh, yeah. Well, they averted the strike, but that doesn't mean a deal's done. No, the deal's not done. And it, it basically the strike or the prospect of a strike had only been kicked down the road. Correct. Well, now you know the update. Yeah, well, uh, there are or there's at least one big union that's saying, uh, yeah, we don't like this deal that you that we made with the operators and the federal government. Uh, we're not going to sign it. We're not going to agree to it. Oh, boy. So, what, we got until something like mid-November before there may be another strike, or there may be an actual strike? November 14th. So, basically, they just kicked it right past the midterms because... That's exactly right. What most people remember, and I have the little montage from when this deal was struck with Joe Biden, most people just remember this, that Joe Biden made a critical call, if you remember. Oh, They have a deal, a nationwide freight rail strike averted. The president himself calling in around 9 p.m. last night. What a source describes as a crucial call from President Biden. President Biden placed what this source describes as a critical phone call. President Biden likes to call himself the most pro-union president of all time. And we know he does like that nickname Amtrak Joe for his love of the trains. Yeah. (laughs) Meanwhile, strike is probably going to happen in the middle of November. Right. There you go. So with his power, just kick it past the midterms, and then we'll deal with all hell breaking loose then. And didn't Absolutely. he allegedly call at 9 p.m. too? Or late at night? It yeah. was late at night, yeah. Late at night. Like, like that's possible. Right. <laughs> like, he's not, like, you know, he's, right. Like, he's not I mean, in, he's... His, in his Darth Vader sustenance shell, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I see is getting a lot of coverage today? Different story? That Tulsi Gabbard has left the Democratic Party. Have you seen coverage of this anywhere? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And I'm not saying anything bad about her. I had assumed that she had already done that. I didn't know she technically had done it or not, but she certainly has done it philosophically. 
she's she's or at least pretended to be. She's launching a show or a podcast or something today, so that's that's a way to get that's a stunt to get, you know, her name out there again. Take a page from the Madonna book and tomorrow she'll be a lesbian. <laughs> oh, hold on a second. What? That's not fair to Tulsi Gabbard. <laughs> I'm just saying you get to get noticed. She is still on some scale relevant. Madonna. Yeah, well, that's true. <laughs> Madonna should get together with John Stewart and just start the "It's Over" club. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And how to deal with no one caring anymore? Just do the circular firing squad every day. Yes. Yeah. But with Tulsi Gabbard, you know who a lot of people credit with taking down Kamala Harris in the debates for the Democratic nomination last uh, election cycle, and I think that's probably true. Came out and said she was leaving the party, and. You know, a lot of people are, I think, excited about this. At least that's what I can tell so far. Would you agree with that take? Yeah, I think it's kind of political nerds who are excited by it. I don't really care. Well, that would be Scott. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, he's hot for her, too. But... I, as, you know, by the way, today is Scott Robbins Appreciation Day. It is his birthday. Yeah. It's okay. Happy birthday, man. I made a special playlist for your birthday. I saw that. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. Uh, but I did you think that maybe Tulsi did this on your birthday, like for a reason, like it's some sort of sign, like she's trying to get a hold of me? I, I didn't know. Yeah, like or is just like, hey man, what a birthday! Tulsi Gabbard has left the Democratic Party because you got excited when you heard her talking. I can no longer remain in today's Democratic Party that's under the complete control of an elitist cabal of warmongers. Wow, who were driven by cowardly wokeness. Okay, so far, I agree with what she's saying. Elitist cabal of Mm -hmm. warmongers. She's been saying that for a while. Mm -hmm. Remember, she was on Hillary Clinton, all about being a warmonger Mm -hmm. last election cycle. Who divide us by racializing every issue and stoking anti-white racism. So far, she's spot on. Yeah. Can't say anything bad about that. Who actively work to undermine our God-given freedoms that are enshrined in our Constitution. Also true. Who are hostile to people of faith and spirituality. Ding, ding, ding. Also true. Demonize the police, but protect criminals at the expense of law-abiding Americans. Another one on the board. Uh, Yep. Who believe in open borders. Who weaponize the national security state to go after their political opponents. And above all, who are dragging us ever closer to nuclear war. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, I know that people are saying, well, this doesn't necessarily mean she's going to be a Republican, right? So far, she's pretty eloquent in her message. I'll say that for her. Now, I believe in a government that's of the people, by the people, and for the people. Sounds good. Here, here. Unfortunately, today's Democratic Party does not. Instead, it stands for a government that is of, by, and for the powerful elite. Okay, yeah, that's true. Oh, yeah. I used to think that was just sort of like talking points. Hey, um, no, that's true. They've proved it. Now, I'm calling on my fellow common sense, independent-minded Democrats to join me in leaving the Democratic Party. If you can no longer stomach the direction that the so-called woke Democratic Party ideologues are taking our country, then I invite you to join me. Okay, I'll give it to her, David. Mm-hmm. Um, to say she's starting a podcast, she wants attention. I can't argue with anything she said. No, but, you know, I'm, I, I just, I, I, I would caution against fawning too much because I don't trust her right. at all. I mean, this is the same person who introduced a bill when she was still in the House of Representatives to get rid of fossil fuel 
uh, generated energy by the year 2035. I mean, she's part of that green weenie bunch. Yeah. Well, I think it's fair to say, not just don't trust her, uh, don't trust a lot in the Republican Party. Oh, yeah. To do what's right for the people. I mean, we'll see what happens over time. But it's not like, oh, just join the Republicans. No, the Republicans need to sift and shake out their own frauds. I will say, in terms of messaging, she seemed to be on point. Yes. I mean, with the things that people actually care about that she was talking about. Because I noticed she didn't mention, Roe v. Wade is overturned. Well, of course not. Yeah. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's very true. So do you consider this a birthday gift from uh, Tulsi Gabbard? Well, it could have gone either way, I suppose. But, yeah, I'll take it. Yeah. Thanks, Tulsi. So. Yeah, no problem. If it was for me, I appreciate it very much. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Send a bottle of Chevis to your room. <laughs> oh, by the way, did you hear Biden's army secretary talk about how we're not woke? We just have diversity, equity, and inclusion. <laughs> you got to hear this straight ahead. Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins, the birthday guy. Hey, Biden's army secretary uh, wants you to know they're not woke. Okay, <laughs> a lot of criticism saying they're woke. They're not. Yeah, Joe Biden, secretary of the army, Christine Wormuth, uh, says, well, you know, we get criticized, frankly, sometimes for being woke. I'm not sure what woke means. No, she doesn't know, dude. I'm not sure what woke means. I think woke means a lot of different things to different people. Yes. And? But I think, you know, we do have a wide range of soldiers in our army, and we've got to make them all feel included. And that's why a lot of our diversity, equity, and inclusion programs are important. I remember all the stories my dad used to tell me about his time in the army. Mm -hmm. Uh, And there'd be three or four soldiers sitting off in a corner and people would go ask, hey, what's wrong? We don't feel included. <laughs> <laughs> right. <clears throat> they got no, picked... I don't know where the equity is. <laughs> they got picked last for the softball game. Yeah, yeah I, I don't know. I mean, you talk to people who are currently serving or who have recently retired, and they'll tell you. It, it's it's kind of crazy, all the stuff that they have, all these little workshops they've got to do, these little seminars they've got to sit in on i relayed the story from a buddy of mine uh who was telling me about this he's in one of the branches and uh said uh that they all had to sit through this equity and inclusion whatever diversity training thing and even the person above him who is not white was saying listen i know this is bs but the brass is making us do it and so they bring in college professors and whatnot to basically talk about the evils of whiteness and how we have to decolonize our thinking and all all this nonsense, and to quote another guy who is no longer in the uh, in the service, uh, he said, "Listen, the point of any military training is to take boys, break them down, and rebuild them as men." Yes, and that's it. And he says, "Well, in my PC side, would say that applies to girls becoming women as well." But what about equity? No, <laughs> no, I mean. The idea isn't to 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 read radical gender ideology or 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 any sort of critical race theory. The idea is to uh, is to ask and learn how to become 
part of the greatest fighting force this world has ever seen. As long as there's inclusion. No. Well, so there's some Q&A going on with this person. And so they talk about some of the officials from the Army, senior officials, like reacting to different things on social media. And sometimes uh, the military can say, well, that's a good thing or that's a bad thing. And the question is, well, how are senior officials supposed to respond to questions, Yeah, you know, on social media? And here was part of the answer. You know, one of the things I think that's most important to General McConville and I is keeping the Army apolitical and keeping it out of the culture wars. <laughs> Good Lord, you just told us you weren't. <laughs> I, I know this isn't, this isn't the branch that she represents, but the Navy had a training video that was all about proper pronoun usage. Yes, it was. That, that is actually very political. Dude. It's a joke, man. It's an absolute joke. Yeah, we're all about uh, diversity, equity, inclusion, but we wa- we don't want to be political. Mm-hmm. We want to stay away from that. Yeah. What do you think that is? It goes on and on. And maybe you saw this story, totally different story, that saw this at the Washington Examiner, that trans women must sign up for the military draft. Mm. Diversity, equity, and inclusion. That's right. But well, Hey, hold on, though. Um, these are, well, men, uh, that identify as women. Yeah, but they're men. Okay. So they're, but yeah, but, but they identify as women. No, I, I, listen, I'm, I'm fine if they get excluded from the draft because I, I think, you know, that should be part of the mental health screening of anybody who's going to be tasked with carrying out dangerous missions to keep America safe. But I'm so confused because a few years ago, when Trump was talking about banning transgender individuals from the armed service, everybody freaked out. Like, no, trans people can still fight. Right. So which is it? Well, now it's, well, they should have their choice. Ah. Because they're women. Uh Ah. But again, but what about inclusion and equity? (laughs) It only serves you in certain circumstances, it seems. You know, as long as Mr. Kanish exists... (laughs) You must register. <laughs> oh, there's a lot to get to today. Um, oh, a little dust up. Tim Ryan, J.D. Vance in Ohio talking abortion and much more coming up. I'm Jamie Markley, Gen Xer, David Van Camp, the Millennial, the sexy birthday boomer, Scott Robbins. Okay, so the worst is yet to come. Yeah. <laughs> the good news on Robbins' birthday. Yeah, there you go. International Monetary Fund predicts uh, global growth will slow in the next year uh, and thinks that, yeah, 2023 will feel like a recession for millions around the world. We're talking global recession, if not depression. Awesome. Um, and the report said, quote, oh, the Hold word- on a second. Before yeah. you freak, yeah, you just- already knew this, right? Well, seen the you had suspicions, but now they're solidified. Yeah, yes, this you're, you're, damn Trump. Damn. <laughs> 
They say the worst is yet to come, and for many people, 2023 will feel like a recession. And the energy crisis, by the way, they say this winter will be bad. It's going to be way worse next winter. There you go. Like going into 24. Uh, Yep. Holy smokes, man. Yeah, especially in Europe. Not to go too deep into that right now, but with the war escalating with Ukraine and Russia, that's going to get worse. Yes, it is. And I, listen, when you watch the images on TV of Russia bombing civilian areas in Ukraine, it's awful. There's no doubt about it. Is it just me or is there act? How do I say it? Is there an act from people that cover this as far as legacy media act that it's somehow surprising? Like, I can't believe it. And they're actually doing this. They're bombing these areas. Yeah. I guess, yes, it's atrocious, but it's no surprise it's Putin. You just blew up the guy's bridge. Right. Okay, and our president says it doesn't matter. We're with Ukraine forever. And before he said, basically, we want regime change. Saying, what was the quote from Biden? God's sake, this guy can't stay in power. He cannot stay in power, yeah. Right. What do you think that guy is going to do when he feels the walls closing in on him? (laughs) You know what I mean? Sure. I mean, the whole thing is escalating, but it's it's part what we're doing. Yeah. I'm not making the argument, at least right now, that we're doing the wrong thing. I mean, I think you can make that point. But just to say, the more we back and say, no matter the cost, no matter how long it takes, the thing is going to escalate. That guy's not going to say, okay, I guess we'll pull back the troops now and just forget the whole plan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's got people leaving his country, fleeing, sure, trying to get out because they don't want to be drafted. He's got huge amount of casualties well yeah. yeah you're right though stunning you know he bombed it, whatever of course they did well you had ukrainian officials when people were wondering okay who blew up putin's bridge that four billion dollar bridge between russia and crimea who blew it up you basically had ukrainian officials saying hello yeah we did it <laughs> on twitter well yeah that's provoking at the least and i'm not saying it's not the right thing to do but it's not a huge surprise it's going to be awful it's going to be ugly it's like you got officials to do war you know yeah, like oh this was over right. the line well, no man these people are hideous personal foul <laughs> on putin <laughs> roughing the passer right. all right <laughs> yeah of course not there are no rules here all right, let's go to the Senate race in Ohio. Oh, yeah. A little debate, David. Oh, yeah, between J.D. Vance and Tim Ryan, uh, the Republican and Democrat, uh, respectively here. So there was this debate. They're both running to represent Ohio in the U.S. Senate. And, of course, abortion came up. And the context was it shouldn't be any surprise if you follow the news uh, for the last several weeks. Uh, there was that tragic story out of Ohio a few months ago where a 10-year-old girl left the state to get an abortion. And she was essentially doxxed by the doctor who performed the abortion. Mm-hmm. Um, and it turned out that it was an even worse story than was being reported because she was raped by an illegal immigrant who I guess was like a boyfriend of her mom. I mean, it just it was sick. Terrible. Horrifying. Now, Tim Ryan claimed that J.D. Vance wanted to, quote unquote, force that girl to have the baby or something. And here's J.D. Vance's response, and I thought this was a pretty good takedown. Okay. 
I absolutely think the 10-year-old girl, the case that we've, of course, heard a lot about, an incredibly tragic situation. I mean, look, I've got a 9-year-old baby girl at home. I cannot imagine what's that, what that's like for the girl, for her family. God forbid something that, like that would happen. I have said repeatedly on the record that I think that that girl should be able to get an abortion if she and her family so choose to do so. But let's talk about that case. Because why was a 10-year-old girl raped in our community, raped in our state in the first place? The thing the media and Congressman Ryan, they talk about this all the time, the thing they never mentioned is that poor girl was raped by an illegal alien, somebody that should have never been in this state in the first place. Oh, uh-oh. That's the thing about a debate. You know, somebody's going to bring that up right to you. Tim Ryan. You voted so many times against border wall funding, so many times for amnesty, Tim. If you had done your job, she would have never been raped in the first place. Do your job on border security. Don't lecture me about opinions I don't actually have. Oh. Yeah, that was a left hook that connected. Yeah. Yep. Wow. Good for him. Great answer, by the way. That dude's a rookie in politics. That sounds like a seasoned veteran there. Yeah. Well, he's not a dumb guy. Oh, no, he's not a dumb um, guy. And that's... That was that was a shot right there. Absolutely. You know, there was another part about his style doing that when he called him by Tim. Tim, you know, you bring this up. Yeah. It's almost like two actual human beings having a conversation and then one just kind of backhanding the other verbally mm-hmm. with a point. That's like what you would hear at a workplace. That's not like your typical debate stage stuff. Do you get what I'm saying or am oh, I yeah. crazy? No. Yeah. It's like, you know, Scott, we, uh, you know, you were asked to, to respond to this email from somebody. Why didn't you do it? <laughs> <laughs> you know what's hilarious to me today on Robin's birthday of anybody going after him? It's you, David. I know. Like Van, well, maybe Van Camp didn't see the memo that he's supposed to be nice today. Wait a second. You, to be fair, you said, I want this to be like any other day. Well, yeah. I mean, I don't care. Because early on, we started to rib you, and I said, I'm sorry, Scott. I don't want to hurt well, your you feelings. You started that condescending your, nonsense. On, no, I don't want to hurt no, your feelings on your birthday. This is what you do, though. What? You start that stuff. I mean it. I don't want to do anything. I don't want to ruin your birthday. Hurt your precious little feelings. No. I want you to get in the corner with your blankie and your <laughs> candles and your kitties. I didn't I know how say this, that. I know how this works. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It is a place of comfort for you, well, though, it's, I, now well, that you bring it up. Uh, there you go. All right, let's get to the story in Oakland. Th- this is insanity, man. Yeah. It, it truly is. And I know we say that a lot. But you got hookers just right out in the middle of the road stopping cars in, in a residential neighborhood. How is that okay? So... David, I know I sent you part of the story. You whittled it down to make it easy to understand from the local news outlet there. Yeah, from KPIX TV. Okay. And they're out there. I mean, they're filming, they're doing the interview, and there's hookers like with see-through tops and whatnot just standing there behind the shot because California is so insane that they are just incentivizing, apparently, street hookers. Hmm. Yeah, Gavin Newsom, he doesn't want to discriminate against sex workers. 
You know that. So here's the local news. Every day, families are greeted with girls stopping traffic and soliciting customers. Stephanie Zarate pushes her stroller past the sex workers on a daily basis. Yeah, she's just trying to go for a walk with her baby. Some girls in bikinis, others in see-through tops. I think that's appropriate, but... I mean, we can't really do much as uh, towards them. She says this type of behavior has become normal on East 15th. She worries for her two young kids. I'm scared for them to see them in that appropriate clothes, asking me questions on appropriate and not having an answer to them. The sex. Oh, don't worry. In California, their preschool teacher will have answers for your kids when it comes to sure. issues around sex. Yeah. Because your kids belong to the state, don't you know? But anyway, go ahead. The sex workers are so comfortable in the San Antonio neighborhood, they have no problem standing behind our interview, waiting for John's. Yeah, I mean, they don't mind whoever is there. They don't, they're careless nowadays. Wow. Sad. It shouldn't be introduced at the age of four years old that you're going down the street and you're seeing women dressed like this. You're hearing gunshots. You need to, like, learn, oh, like, if you hear a gunshot, like, duck down. Jeez. And so, you know, at the end of the story, and they go to wrap it up, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> they send it back to the studio. Okay. Earlier this year, Governor Newsom signed a bill to stop police from arresting people for loitering for the purpose of prostitution. That bill was authored by San Francisco Senator Scott Weiner, who said it was part of an effort to end discrimination against sex workers. Yeah. Scott Thanks, Wiener. Scott Weiner. Scott Weiner is the same guy, by the way, who uh, has been pushing for legislation that would... Uh, not give pedophiles a free pass, but at the same time allow them to maybe get off that sex offender registry. This guy is essentially pro-pedophile. He's a bad person. How do these people ever get in office? That's what you ask. How, how does well, how that, does that make any sense? <laughs> I mean, to anyone who goes, know. you know, that's a great idea. I Besides have, pimps. I don't know. I, I don't either. That's, that's to me, that's insanity. We're, they're being discriminated against. Well, yeah, I mean, they, they've got to earn a living, too. Well, so do carjackers. Right? <laughs> 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 the other thing is, too, it's not just about, about the women who get caught up in this life. But, I mean, you are encouraging human trafficking. Yes. yes. You're encouraging bad people to take... Uh, vulnerable young women into this life where they sell their bodies. And by the way, the guys picking them up in broad daylight obviously don't fear anything either. Oh, no. No. Why would you? Right. No. Yeah. Not too far from there, University of California, Berkeley. Did you see the story about the professor there? The professor of economic history published an essay and it's making the rounds. Five rules we all need to survive in a stupid world. Oh. Okay. I'm all Move out of California. <laughs> Number one. Okay. I'm just going to go through them. Now, you can ask me all sorts of questions about his rules. They're his rules, not mine. Okay. Again, professor at the University of California, Berkeley. Number one, you're underestimating just how many stupid people there are out there. Number two, anyone can be stupid regardless of their job, income, or education level. Three. The best definition of a stupid person is someone who causes another person or people to lose something without gaining anything themselves, and maybe even losing something themselves. Now, that's just called a vindictive D-bag. Right. Yeah. 
That's not a stupid person. Four, you're underestimating just how much damage stupid people are doing. And five, stupid people are the most dangerous types of people. Now I ask, who do you think the professor of economic history at the University of California, Berkeley, considers to be stupid? Oh, I'm guessing it's like Trump voters or something. That yeah. would that yeah. would be my guess. Yeah, me too. Right. Because they have it all figured out there where the hookers are in broad daylight. <laughs> and we're, we're and talking Oakland, about... People are leaving that state in droves. Equity to break the law. It, it doesn't make any sense. Just that... Got to get these people out of here. comment's insane. Yes. By the way, Scott, I don't know if you knew this or not, but you share a birthday with Steve Young, retired quarterback. I heard that. He's a year younger than you. Is he? That's amazing when you look at the two of you. You know what I mean? Because I look so much younger than him, you mean? Well, of course. <laughs> okay, thank you. Yes. News update straight ahead right here. Van Camp and Robbins show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. You know that last presidential election was probably the freest, the most fair, the best <laughs> run ever. Yeah. We've uh-huh. heard that time and time again. Yeah. <laughs> Every time you do that, I just for a moment get sucked in. <laughs> just for like a tenth of a second before I go, wait a minute. <laughs> well, and that's that's something that <laughs> You have Democrats right now. I think Kamala Harris is talking about, you know, we got to make sure these elections are are free and fair. I mean, the the election and voting rights is on the ballot again. Did you see the story where Colorado sent postcards to 30,000, well, people here illegally encouraging them to register to vote? Nice little reminder, right? Hey, by the way, register to vote. They 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 say it was a little clerical error or a little mix up or something because they wouldn't yes. actually be able to go register to vote. Right. So they they couldn't have done that. So obviously this was just a a mistake. Well, look, and obviously the mail system is foolproof and absolutely secure <laughs> if you want to have people doing something like voting through it. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing. It used to be that everyone agreed, okay, you don't want to do mail and stuff because there's too many nefarious things that can happen. Right. It was like an obvious thing until the pandemic. And then, oh, my gosh, we got to have it. It has to happen. And, yeah, again, there was just a little mistake made. You can trust us here. How do they know where to send them? But it was just a mistake, this, this massive mailing. 30000 That that's, costs that's, some money, too. Yeah, that's not just a little asterisk next to it. That's pretty big. I would agree with that, yes. There was a little mistake made. <laughs> <laughs> that clip always kills me. Yeah, good one. Um, science has told us something, David, and I don't know if you feel better after knowing this or if it makes you feel worse. Uh, that science says Vin Diesel is the hottest bald guy in the world? Yes. Yeah. Damn. Uh, losing again. There's a no. There's a backstory to this in a second. Go ahead, Dave. Yeah, well, no, there. so there's this uh, agency called uh, Reboot, and they do this every year to determine who is the hottest bald guy in the world. And it had been Prince William, apparently, 
And they use a bunch of different metrics to come up with this, like how much are they talked about on Twitter. They look at the facial golden ratio, about how your face is constructed, I guess. Uh, Twitter sentiment analysis, net worth, and height. And also they look at cranial shine factor. (laughs) And so Vin Diesel actually uh, scored highly uh, on almost all the index factors, giving him the sexiest score of 6.46. Yes. The backstory is might happen to be Van Camp's wife finds Vin Diesel very attractive. That is true. Because for a gift one time, she gave him the box set of the X movies. Is yeah. that what it's called? Uh, Triple X. It's Triple nothing X, yeah. adult. It's it's an action series. Right. And it's with Vin Diesel. And I said, why would I ever want that? And you said, oh, she probably has the hots for Vin Diesel. I go home and say, Jamie has this crazy idea that you've got the hots for Vin Diesel. Oop. Cat ate the canary on that one. <laughs> Buff oh, Shrek. Golly. <laughs> this is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Oh, I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Thank you so much for being here. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. A lot going on in the world, obviously. We know about the war with Russia, Ukraine, and, you know, escalating. seems like every day, especially since this past weekend. And meanwhile, people are wondering what's going to happen with Europe and just energy oh, yeah. in particular. And the Wall Street Journal had a story about Paris. And they're trying to save energy so much so that they've cut the lights at, well, a lot of their biggest tourist attractions at night. Uh Uh-oh. So, you know, you see these pictures of Paris at night and everything seems to be lit up. The Eiffel Tower and whatnot. Even the Eiffel Tower. Mm, That too, huh? Yes. Wow. The new uh, country song is going to come to us from one Pat Travers. (laughs) Boom, boom. boom. What is it? Out go the lights. Yes, thank you. Classic rock. That really rocks. You bet. So what does this mean going forward? Well, it doesn't seem to be good. No. No, did you see there was a uh, uh, report uh, out of Paris from a little while back where police officers were actually deployed to check people's gas tank levels when they were in line to get gas. Oh, my, oh gosh. So if that had, I had not seen. If you I haven't had, seen that either. If you had too much gas, they'd say, all right, you got to go because you, you, don't, you don't desperately need it. But there were people lined up around the block in some parts of France in order to get uh, gasoline. And, and that has a lot to do with uh, labor disputes at refineries, things like that as well, in addition to the overall energy crunch that we're seeing. And I, I still, for the life of me, cannot understand in an effort to actually save, literally now save people's lives this year, why the Biden administration is not leaning on every state and in every ju- every place they have jurisdiction to drop cumbersome restrictions and regulations on the refining uh, on the refining process. Now it may be it's probably too late at this point. 
for Europe to get it, uh, to get any sort of refined products, to get anything uh, on the shelves at this point by the time winter starts in earnest. But uh, so, in other words, the best time to start doing that was like two months ago. But yes. why not do it now? Why not say, listen, we are going to unleash American energy because we mm -hmm. have to save ourselves and we have to save Europe. We're giving 60 plus billion dollars of equipment and cash to prop up the government in Ukraine. We can't just deregulate in the United States to help Europe out, to help us out, to help the rest of the freaking world out. Well, you're making sense there. And it, I mean, dude, it'll sound crazy if you're really looking for an answer to the question. Yeah. You think, well, what really makes sense to answer that question? It's they don't really care about the United States as much as their global partners. And with their global partners, it's about bringing people to their knees when it comes to energy. And it's about investing in green. And so it doesn't matter because obviously what you just said makes sense. Because, again, we produce energy cleaner than any other country. Yeah. You know, if we're to believe those reports, which seem legit. Yeah. But China, India, Russia, they don't care. And so even if we do everything we're supposed to do by the global climate experts, it doesn't matter that much compared to these other countries. No. So then you ask yourself the question, well, then why are we doing what we're doing? There's no good answer other than when people talk about you know, the World Economic Forum and global partners looking to, you know, gain control of a marketplace yeah. with green energy. I don't know what else to say. Well, and, and on that note, one of the leading theories sort of behind the scenes, it, it's not the, you know, soaring, we got to protect democracies under threat and whatnot. One of the biggest reasons why there are so many people in the Western world wanting to protect Ukraine in this is because they are sitting on a boatload mm -hmm. of lithium which is necessary to build electric cars, to make electric cars work. Right. So we got to protect that. Because it's that. right, you know, it, other than that, it's what, China? Yeah. Well, it's Australia and uh, South America. There you go. See, when you start talking about that, then it makes more sense, yeah. to be honest. And it's not that you don't care for the people in right. Ukraine, but of all the people that are fighting dire mm -hmm. situations, we pick Ukraine. Yeah. Th there's a reason for that. Mm-hmm. And it's, in large part, probably true that uh, they don't want Putin to have control over that resource. Yep, that's true, too. But as far as Paris, well, you know, uh, Macron, the French president, Emmanuel Macron, mm -hmm. he has called for, quote, energy sobriety. I don't know if you saw that story. What does that mean exactly? Well, they've asked municipalities, households, and companies to reduce their energy consumption by 10%. Which may not sound like a lot. That's a lot. And you're saying, yeah, the other thing is yeah, you don't need it so warm in your house in the wintertime. Wear a turtleneck. <laughs> I'm not joking. Did they the really government, suggest government wear, turtleneck? wear a turtleneck? How about a dicky? Does that count? <laughs> the French finance minister, Bruno Lemire, recently mm -hmm. said he would wear turtlenecks this winter as a way yeah. to keep warm and save energy. You can wear a turtleneck and, and then uh, moodily <laughs> smoke a cigarette. And I'm not making it. this up either. Yeah. The next day, Macron showed up in public with a turtleneck. Well, of course. Part yeah. of that, though, is because he always dresses like a Bond villain. Yeah. 
He does look. It's a, it's a sharp look. I'll give yeah. him that. No doubt about See, it. See, Fetterman's already prepared with the hoodie and the. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Hey, did you guys happen to see the Surgeon General from Florida, Doctor? I did see this guy, Adapo, on yeah, Tucker Carlson last night. Yep. Because for a little bit, he got booted from Twitter. Boy, ain't that something though? Wow. They're saying, hey, uh, in Florida, males eighteen to thirty-nine, unless you have, and I'm paraphrasing, comorbidities, don't get the vaccine. It's more dangerous. Mm-hmm. You know, your percentage chance of dying goes up. Actually, people freaking out over that. Oh yeah. And so he was on. Tucker show to explain. So yes. I ask people sometimes who are still, he- you know, hemming and hawing about this, if this, if this vaccine, if it had been known two years ago or so that this vaccine would increase cardiac deaths in young men by 84 percent, would they have approved it? The obvious answer is no, you would never give something to someone who was young and healthy and increase their risk of dying from from sudden cardiac death by 84%. But people are often, their response is, well, you know, I don't know, COVID's pretty bad. Yes, COVID can be terrible, but we don't give people medications that kill them. Right. You say, well, it's such a teeny tiny chance. But again, if you're an otherwise healthy person, why would you do it? Now that you know what the facts are. And man, you know, people don't want those facts out there. They just don't. The conversation goes on. So there's been so much confusion, but yes, that's that was our finding, and it was a surprise. But that's that's what the numbers show. Um, this has massive implications. There are 50 states. Why is yours the only that's telling us this? It's a good question. Great question. Why? Well, I, I think frankly, it's because we are the only one that's asked the question. And, you know, again, it's just a reflection of how many things have been so backwards during the pandemic. Of course, you look more closely at cardiac adverse events when you you already know that the vaccine is increasing the incidence of myocarditis in young men by 10, 20, 30 times. Right. And it used to be you would bring this up and people would be like, oh, it's so exactly. little, it's tiny. That, that's what the studies show. So, of course, you should look for that. But instead, like you said, they're just hoping that somehow this goes away. Again, man, I don't have an agenda one way or another with the vaccines. You just want what's right for your kid or your family or whoever it might be. And if it means, well, like a lot of people said at the beginning, if someone has a comorbidity, overweight or this age they should get it and it would have been left at that okay but then it was everybody and then it's always oh, it's, it's got to be you know the teens and then it's got to be well, all the way down to the toddlers and you saw what parents said with that you can see by the numbers nah, i'm not getting my five-year-old well, what pisses vaccinated. me off is the bullying that took place everywhere to take yes. the vaccine get the vaccine get the vaccine i can i can still remember getting the first one Mm-hmm. And again, I'm a little iffy on the whole thing, but I was told time and time again, and I was hammered into me that if I don't do it, I just want to kill people. I want to kill my mom. <laughs> I just want to go smother her with a pillow. Might as well. That's what you're doing. So you go do it. And again, your instincts are telling you, wow, man, I don't know. I'm not real sure about this. Right. Well, I think However, your doctor told you to go my and doctor, get it. I asked my doctor, and he said, yeah. So? And But it's like what... 
at that time, you're just going by as many But it's like now we've come to find out it didn't stop the transmission, and it didn't stop you from getting it. And the best they can say is, well, it kept you out of the hospital. And even that, I don't know if it's provable or not. That's a tough one. I mean, it's just, would I have gone to the hospital anyway? I don't know. Or would I have said that? I don't know. You know what you need on your birthday, Scott, being today? is You need a little cheer up, I can tell. Golly. David's got some Kamala Harris for you. I I do, yeah. Is that what he was grinning about over there? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Vice President Kamala Harris was on Seth Meyers' show last night and, well, had an inspiring message about the children in America. Oh, Oh, good news. Think of your grandkids right now, Scott, as Kamala delivers this message. Truly, when you, you know, when you see our kids, and I truly believe that they are our children, they are the children of our country, of our communities. No, they're not. No, they're not your children. And no, they're not my country's children. They're our children, my children, your children, not theirs, not yours, you dope. I want somebody like you raising my kids. Are you kidding me? Golly, man. Like I said, I knew you needed that chair. So Good what, job, what Seth just sits there with his arms folded? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And also sits there as if he can understand what the hell she's saying. Golly. Well, there's... We're only a third of the way through. All right, well, let's go. Go ahead. I, I mean, our future is really bright if we if we prioritize them, <laughs> and therefore prioritize the climate crisis and the need to address oh, it. What, if we think about our children, prioritizing the need to. Okay, the, the climate crisis is your biggest concern for the kids yes. after you kept them out of school, and masked, for a couple of years. Well, and are all for, if they're confused about their gender, go ahead and take puberty blockers. After you've got Don't fentanyl rolling through the border that looks like candy, that right. di- kids are dying. Shut up. Bring our country together. I travel around the world. I've met 100 world leaders, either by phone or in person, talked with them, right? Oh, but right? see, then she knows because she's talked to world leaders. Right. So she knows what's best for your kids. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Does she ever have kids? She has she's a, got stepkids. Stepkids. No, any of her own. No, no she's not that I'm aware of. All right, shut no. up then. Okay, good talk, Kamala. Thank you. But they love her so much, they call her Mamala. I know they do. Yes. <laughs> they're the communities. They're our kids. They're our kids. See, no, that was a good cheer up for you, Scott. Okay. Speaking of kids, the COVID lockdowns made kids fatter. Get to that study and much more coming up right here. Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, so we had an obesity epidemic with kids in America. Yeah. And then there was the pandemic. And it got worse. Yep. That's the story, David. Yeah, uh, and this is how it starts off from the American Academy of Pediatrics, which has completely debased itself over the last couple of years due to special Mm -hmm. interest interventions. I mean, they were one of the loudest ones initially saying we got to figure out a way to get kids back in school. We're talking like summer of 2020. Like we, we, they have to, we have to figure out how to get kids back in school. And then someone leaned on them and guess what? Well, we actually need to be careful. (laughs) They, they, they man down is what happened. Now this is how they introduce the uh, research that they're previewing 
quote, research to be presented at the 2022 American Academy of Pediatrics National Conference and Exhibition also noted that there was a correlation between screen time and family time increases and rising pediatric BMI rates. So it's family time's fault, you see, that (laughs) kids are getting fatter. Um, Now, this study (laughs) that tracked uh, body mass index two years prior to the pandemic and one year after the start of the pandemic uh, in Virginia found a significant increase in BMI during that time. In other words, kids are getting fatter uh, because, you know, the outdoor activities weren't yep. going on because even just going to school right. wasn't a factor. Walking around even in the hallways wasn't wasn't something that, that happened for a while during the pandemic. And so they're seeing there was an 11% mean increase in the BMI of girls in particular. Yeah, I mean, you're sitting around even remote learning. You're not leaving the house. Right. So the the study, of course, shows how difficult the lockdowns were on families and parents worried about their children, and the children had no outlets to go to. Yeah, and a lot of kids just on social media. Mm -hmm. Speaking of which, we've talked about TikTok before. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Did you see the Consumer Reports story? This came out just a little while ago. How TikTok tracks you across the web, even if you don't use the app. Great. It's wild, man. So Consumer Reports um, got together with the security firm Disconnect to do this research. And they found that a lot of the most popular apps out there um, have partnered to get information from TikTok. But even if you don't have an account, TikTok tracks with uh, something called pixels in their websites, the companies that have partnered with them to get information. So they gave all sorts of examples here. If you go to, say, the United Methodist Church main website, TikTok hears about it. If you're interested in joining Weight Watchers, TikTok finds out that too. I mean, it goes on and on and on. Planned Parenthood uses the trackers, automatically notifying TikTok about every person who goes to its website well, they say, well, we don't share information from the pages where you can book an appointment. Mm-hmm. Even the person from the security firm said, I was genuinely surprised that TikTok's trackers are already this widespread. Yeah. Dude, it's a Chinese spy app. Yes, it's I on, know. I've been saying this for years now. I mean, if it's <laughs> I, on your kid's phone, tell them to delete it. If it's on your phone, do it now. Get rid of it. Our government should build one called Free Beer. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and they said if your kids just go on, say, the National Girl Scouts website, it has a TikTok pixel on every page, which will transmit details about children if they use the site. Gosh, dang. Or WebMD. This is what it says in the story. A pixel reported that somebody searched for erectile dysfunction. (laughs) So that person got outed. Yeah. They know everything. Just beware. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin show. Biggest story of the day so far, David? Uh, biggest story of the day uh, to me is that now you've got the International Monetary Fund coming out and saying, hey, by the way, it's about to get a lot worse uh, yeah. when it comes to the economy around the world because of an energy crunch, because of a whole lot of things uh, that are going on in the world. So you think this winter's going to be bad with energy prices? Yeah, get ready because next winter's going to be worse. And basically their whole point is that they're – is still some like oil supply from Russia and whatnot that's still available. There's still gas products that are available. But as we sort of transition into a new normal with Russia, 
uh-oh, that supply is going to go away by next year. We'll get to that. Liberal states have a bigger problem with inequality. Can't wait to get to that story straight ahead right here. Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm Jamie Markley, the Gen Xer. David Van Camp, the Millennial, and the Sexy Boomer celebrate birthday. Scott uh-huh. Robin. Okay, let's start here. The Supreme Court is going to hear what case? Oh, it's a, it's the battle over bacon. Now we've Ooh. talked about this uh, a little bit over the last uh, few months because these rules were supposed to go into effect, but it actually starts in 2018. So in 2018. Voters in the state of California approved sweeping new animal rights regulations, particularly with pork products, that say that if you want to sell your pork product in the state of California, which is a huge market, then you have to abide by our standards. So pork producers in Iowa, for example, have to now act like if they want to sell in California, which is a big deal, they have to pretend like they live in California in order to be able to ship their product there which means expanding uh, uh, pens, which means uh, treating pregnant sows differently. I think it's really interesting that the state of California cares about the life of unborn swine, (laughs) but not the life of unborn children. That's a conversation for a different day. Very interesting to me. Uh, And so that rule has been on hold because the Biden administration, and I'm so glad they're doing this, is taking up with the pork producers, taking their side, and saying, no, California cannot write regulations for other states. It doesn't work that way. You're not right. allowed to do that. So My heifer, my choice. <laughs> That's a bumper sticker. Thank you. Well, I think it's because even the people who work in the Biden White House recognize that if they start doing that, where does it end? You know, if the Supreme Court doesn't rule in favor of the pork producers here, this is like, and you're probably going to call me crazy here, but this, to me, is the beginning of a, a republic-ending tit-for-tat between states uh, where it is all-out economic warfare. Like it could be. To pass different laws that affect California from Texas. And then California, we've already yep. seen this with like travel bans and whatnot for official <laughs> state business, which is really just virtue signaling and not really all that big of a deal economically. But when you're able to craft legislation for other states... That's a problem, and I think Absolutely. the federal government. I'm I'm very grateful that the Biden Justice Department is arguing on behalf of sanity in this one case. It's rare, but I'll praise when it when it happens. Yeah, well, California is Newsom, right? Yeah, Montana. Duh. <laughs> Not doing business with that state anymore until I until I want to go on vacation. Well, yeah, then I'll do some business there. That's a different thing. Can't get in the way of those guys in their vacations. You know that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you happen to see this uh, as we're talking about the midterms and how the Democrats have been hemorrhaging with the black vote and the Hispanic vote. A number of different ways. But this was a different kind of poll. Um, this conducted by WPA Intelligence. And uh, hard to believe, and I don't think the left will accept this. But Hispanics favor Christopher Columbus over Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. 
For president? No, just in general. Oh, okay. Favorability. That's it. Because Columbus Day yesterday. Columbus, right, yeah, right. How dare you celebrate evil? Well, it's indigenous yeah, people day. Yeah, right. which is very, very strange to me. That, you know, you're... Look, because people want to act like the folks who got... Like there were major cities and, and cultures who got conquered by Europeans. Mm-hmm. They want to act like every single one of those tribes and cultures was just this, like, innocent group Correct. of people who just they just didn't know any better no i mean these were some bad people vicious i mean vicious people in some cases and right. i'm not saying everything that you know what columbus brought to the new world was all sunshine and puppy tails no but this is real life we're talking about and real life is freaking ugly when you talk forever right, when you're talking about expanding uh different cultures and 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 conquest and whatnot and it also is very strange to me that they're trying to take away Columbus Day uh, when Columbus Day became a thing in America because Italian-Americans were being lynched. That's when the first Columbus Day was celebrated. It was supposed to be like a one-time, I think it was President Harrison maybe. Um, it was supposed to be a one-time celebration, and it was to honor the Italian-American community because they were being actually lynched. How dare you bring up your white history? <laughs> Yeah, really. I'm, I'm a little offended by that. <laughs> no. The thing is, people want to pick and choose what parts of history they want to teach kids and then say, we need to get rid of Columbus Day and anybody that celebrates it is racist. Like, well, the idea you, can you just, don't know the entire story. You can just expunge and erase, you know, markers of our history because somebody's offended by it. Right. I mean, you can't, I mean, that, we shouldn't even be having this conversation, right? Well, I mean. We can't do that. You can't just pick and choose different things no, and tell your on, own tale. based on the whims history. of the day. Right. Exactly. I mean, geez, man. Okay. Let's move on to Hunter Biden. Someone is saying, well, who cares about Hunter Biden? Yeah, I do. Yeah, well, we got the news a few days ago that the feds think they've got enough evidence to go after Hunter Biden, the crackhead son of Joe Biden. Uh, Former White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki, now works for NBC, Mm -hmm. uh, was asked how this might play in the midterms. Okay. The truth is, you know, I looked at a bunch of local uh, front pages uh, this morning. And if you look at the front page in Nevada, they're talking about Trump's rally there and what it means for candidates and turning out the vote. If you look at the front pages in Pennsylvania, they're talking about Mastriano. Does he have a grassroots Mm. campaign or movement going? And obviously, Georgia is quite focused on every latest development in Herschel Walker. So the truth is, as much as there was so much news happening in Washington this week, it doesn't always translate and often doesn't translate to what voters are talking about in states. And I think that's what we're seeing currently. Okay. Well, so, so you're still following newspapers, Jen? Yeah. <laughs> and right. since when do, is it up to just public discussion as to whether or not we pursue something or not? Well, and I'm sorry, but the local paper in Las Vegas or in Pittsburgh, they're not probably going to be reporting on that because that's not a local story which is a flawed lens to view this whole thing through. Of course. Well, to move forward, uh, 53% of the people in America have to care. And according to polling, (laughs) I mean, what are we doing? Well, the other part of that is when people would say, you know, a couple of years ago, well, who cares about the president's son? 
That's not it. No, it's we, not We it. already know his character, okay? It's how Joe Biden is tied into this. And what does it mean as far as foreign countries, you could say enemies, when you're talking about China, what do they have on Joe Biden? We don't know. He was profiting off those business deals that his son, who Joe put him in the position to benefit from these deals, made. That's where it's at. It's the 10%, the big guy, Joe. That's what I think people care about because there's a massive amount of corruption. All right, there's a piece of audio, David, that you wanted to play. And who is this? Well, this is uh, J.P. Morgan Chase had Jamie Dimon. Who, oh, yeah. To me, I, this is the guy who, like, gives zero bleeps anymore. Sort of had it with this dump because he's been talking about the perils of, of Joe Biden's policies and what yep. they're going to do to the economy. And he has been proven right more than anybody else in these positions. He's the guy saying, hey, you know what, batten down the hatches because there is a financial hurricane coming towards us right now, and it may be too late to stop it. Mm -hmm. And now he's talking about energy, which, of course, is what moves markets. It's what moves people. It's what we depend on. What the global economy really does depend on is oil and gas. It's energy production Mm -hmm. to get things from point A to point B, to keep the lights on, et cetera. And so he was asked, where do you see this going now with, you know, Putin's war in Ukraine, with our policy domestically about oil production? And I love how this guy, in the course of just over 60 seconds, can whittle it down and put it so simply and savagely without ever raising his voice. Okay. Especially because he's been right on a number of things. Yeah. Let's check it out. Well, I think we're getting energy completely wrong, which is... You know, ever since this war started, you've known that Europe is going to have a problem. And by the way, for the climate folks here, it's made the climate worse because people had this bad assumption that high oil prices and gas prices reduce consumption, reduce CO2. No, poor nations, India, China, Indonesia, Philippines, Vietnam, are turning back on coal plants, as are rich nations called Germany, Netherlands, France. We have it completely backwards. And in my view, America should have been pumping more oil and gas. By the way, just to say, three jamokes on the radio have talked about this. Right. <laughs> Goodness gracious. And it should have been supported. You know, we're trying to have our cake and eat it, too, a little bit. And so you have the, the, you have the problem this winter, which it sounds like they've got enough supply to get through this winter. But we, we have a longer-term problem now, which is the world is not producing enough oil and gas to reduce coal, make the transition, create security for people. Uh, so I would put it in a critical category. And this should be treated... Before he goes on, I'm guessing he's also talking about, when he mentions coal, just the story we had the other day. (laughs) In Europe, people are burning their own trash to keep warm in their homes. Yeah. I mean, that's not some made-up story. That's already happening. Right. And that's after he says, yeah, I think we'll get through this winter okay. (laughs) (laughs) And this should be treated almost as a matter of war at this point, not as uh, nothing short of that. So, you know, people... Don't be surprised. Like, I was not surprised at Nord Stream 1 being blown up. My, I wouldn't be surprised if it's another pipeline or a tanker in the wrong place. And people need to be prepared at this one. And obviously, America needs to play a real leadership role. America is the swing producer, not Saudi Arabia. Yep, makes sense. Is anybody going to listen? No, probably not, because they're just going to say, like, oh, Big, big, evil, screwing over the little guys. Or like Rashida Tlaib did a couple weeks ago to that guy. 
uh, telling people who have student loan debt service through Chase, don't know how common that is, but anyway, uh, they should just close their accounts. Right. They're, they're going to call on a boycott for Chase, or uh, it, which is absurd. Like, what he said there is absolutely right. If you want to rescue yeah. the world economy and stop people from freezing to death or then starving to death as we head into next year, uh, we got to we got to start churning out our own products here in the United States. We can save the world right now. It's possible. By the way, I don't mean to go back on something you said, but I, just to clarify, I want to know if it was just my ears, if I heard you do something brilliant. When you were doing the mocking leftist voice yeah. and you said, Big Bang's bad, did you mean to put like a sheep sort of sound effect on bad? Like, <laughs> a little bit, yeah, because they are sheep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was awesome. Well, I'm just thinking if you're burning trash, that's successful. That's part of the Green New right. Deal, isn't it? <laughs> this was planned for. <laughs> right. <laughs> to keep your house warm. Right. So it doesn't wind up in a landfill. You okay. can cook Jeez, over that, too. Man. So, hey. Golly. <laughs> Do we have time to get to the story about the dude with the journalism degree? Yeah. We, that can't believe he got scammed? Don't, don't have to spend a ton of time on it, but there's a uh, journalist named Jonathan Walton. Just wrote one of the most mortifying pieces in the Huffington Post. He got scanned by a con artist. Actually did a podcast that was somewhat popular uh, about his experience getting taken by a scam artist. And okay. as he puts it, that's in spite of the fact that he has a degree in journalism. Like, that should make you bulletproof. <laughs> Right, <laughs> and I just want to read this part. Holy I just want to read this part. I used to think I could never get scammed. I'm way too smart for that. I've got a degree from journalism school, <laughs> and I read tons of newspapers and books. I know yeah. what's going on in the world. There's no way a scammer could outsmart me, right? Wrong, because con artists don't outsmart you; they outfeel you. That's giving away the game, dude. Journalism, folks, yep. yeah. just run on emotion. Wow. At least at a certain level. Does he even mention what was it that he got scammed on? Well, it, so the as the story goes, this lady scammed him out of $100,000, which, by the way, no actual journalist I know has $100,000 to get scammed out of. Uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, th so they became friends. She claimed she came for money, and there was like $6.5 million on the way. But there was this big blow up with her imaginary family, uh, and she claimed they had her arrested. So she, so he gave her money, posted bail, um, and throughout the process, he just kept giving her more and more and more cash. Okay. Thinking, is well, this guy single? Back. Is that the deal? No, he's married. He is. Yes. That's even worse. Mm -hmm. Because now he's going to lose it twice. <laughs> yes. Are you going to stay with that dope? Yeah, usually well, you have to be really married to a marriage. Scammed out of money. You gave her money? <laughs> well, I thought she was telling the truth. <sighs> <laughs> they took it from my big bass bank. I'm a journalist. <laughs> That's the best. All right. <laughs> Do something straight ahead. Markley, Van Camp, and Robin show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. So there's a study out there that says 
Which states have a bigger problem with inequality? Oh, it tends to be larger liberal states. This is what? an analysis of census data that came out. I saw this on the Daily Wire. Um, New York, Connecticut, and California had the biggest gulf between rich and poor. Uh, according to a particular Census Bureau yardstick that measures how far an area is from what they call perfect equality, where everyone gets an equal share, which I still think is kind of a bogus metric anyway, because what does that even mean? Everybody gets an equal share. Well, not sorry, but, you know, not everybody contributes to society in the same level. Nope. Or at the same level. No, and not everybody. Well, that's has the a problem job. with that's the problem with equality. Yeah, equality of outcome is not not controllable. You mean you're not a fan of equity? I am a well. Was, well, well, and there are oh. people who make great contributions to society who don't exactly. make a lot of money either. Right. I mean, it just depends on what the market's willing to pay for your services uh, and whether or not you're okay with that level. Yes. Gents, how many times off air have we talked about different people we know, whether it's in this industry or something else, Mm -hmm. and said, yeah, that dude makes a lot of cake. Would you want that job? Right. Nope. Yeah. I wouldn't want that job. Yeah, but it would pay you four times more than what you're making right now. Don't want that job. Mm -hmm. I I don't want that. But some people have this crazy idea that everyone should end up the same. Yeah. Right. No, that's not the way it works. It's not the way it works when we're born. We all have different skills we have different sizes shapes colors i mean it is what it is i don't know why they continually fight this thing okay so a big bigger problem with inequality the liberal states not a big surprise well the robbins appreciation day continues on his birthday today daryl hall also celebrating he's 14 years older than you looks 14 younger anyway this is the markley van camp and robin show Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Oh, I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, David, I don't know where you want to start here, but I sense a war on women right now. Okay. (laughs) Being waged by women. Okay. I think we're going to have clips of four different women that are out to make every woman seem either irrational or just dumb. Yeah, the war on women is coming from inside the house, ladies. It is. Oh, my gosh, this is something. Where do you want to start? So we're about a month away from the midterm elections. Um, And one of the more closely watched states right now is in Georgia, not only with the Senate race going on, but also the gubernatorial race between Stacey Abrams, noted insurrectionist and conspiracy theorist and election denier as the Democrat Mm -hmm. running to unseat the incumbent Republican. Now, Stacey Abrams was talking about Georgia's voting law, which, again, she still says is like Jim Crow 2.0, whatever that means. Because How is it racist? <laughs> because you can't hand out water. 
Except you can. <laughs> you remember those people, though, that were dropping in line? Yeah. They're... That had to have, like, the IV jammed no. in their arm? To Again, give them I, gar- I yes. guarantee you on Election Day, someone is going to get overheated of and pass out. And yes. it, it's going to be a Democratic Party stooge, but they're going to put that it. person on yeah. every network. Count on it. To talk yep. about how. And if only I would have I would have had somebody there to hand me water. And what the law actually says is that. You can't have electioneering, like you can't have campaign workers handing right. out gifts to people in line within a right. certain number of feet of the polling place. If the line is around the block, then you can actually go to the end of the block and hand out water and snacks and yes. whatever. You just can't do it th- uh, within a certain amount of distance between you know the end of the line and the doors. Um, anyway, but she was speaking a few days ago at a, uh, at a church uh, where they were doing a, a candidate event. Mm-hmm. And she brought this up and says, you know, Jesus would have wanted you to hand out water in the election, <laughs> in the voting line. <laughs> I haven't heard this yet. This is, I know you're, it's your birthday, You're more Scott. of a student of the Bible, both of you, than I am, but I don't recall that passage anywhere. Well, let's listen together and learn, shall we? We'll call it a little Tuesday Bible study. Okay. In an act of cruelty that the good Lord warned us about. What? If you read the Bible, there are at least two stories of making sure that we multiply loaves and water, that we create wine. I'm not talking about what we're going to drink. What? But the what? Bible has, is filled with parables about how we're supposed to feed and take care of one another. And yet on the day when we are deciding our future, they have made it illegal to get water or food in line. <laughs> Got some loaves, some fishes, some water into wine, which is mixing a couple of different passages yeah. out of the... New Testament, yeah. but okay. Yeah. Is this the wedding feast, Stacey? No. <laughs> We're going to turn that water into wine once it gets to the wedding. You know, and the thing is, and, but, I but mean, until that time, uh, create water, feed them, or fish for 5,000. If we don't do it, everybody knows the Jesus campaign was putting a sticker with his face on the water bottles <laughs> they were handing out. <laughs> what is wrong with you? What, what's going on? I don't know, Why man. Why do people go down that road all the time? Uh, fish fry outside the polling booth. I don't You're know. Right. Not quite sure exactly how we're mixing that all together. You got a fish fry. Breaking and, off loaves of bread, <laughs> handing it to people. We, 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 got, we got catering from Panera. <laughs> right, it's, exactly. There you go. Okay. Um, you can't even hand out chicken salad sandwiches. Jesus did. <laughs> <laughs> and Jesus said, my son, you pick two. <laughs> I got a free bag of chips. <laughs> Would you like cinnamon roll with that? <laughs> yes. Hey, I'll tell you, man, I thought Nancy Pelosi was like the queen. Oh, she's great at it. <laughs> Bible stories getting inflected to her own narrative, but that might take the cake. Holy cow. Okay. Uh, speaking of elections, and of course, you know, the midterms coming up, is there something going on where the country needs to be saved from Republicans as far as voting, voting rights, voting laws? Because Nicole Wallace, MSNBC, has Claire McCaskill on. From Missouri, and I, I mean it, I don't even know what she's talking about, so I'm asking for some help here. 
So I know what she's saying. The reason I started by asking if we'd ever been here before is because I think as a country, we all have to participate in it. Because if you have kids, your kids wake up if you have anything to do with an election, if you're an election worker or a news anchor, and they want to know what happened. And I think we have to have a conversation as a country about how we might not know the next morning what happened. We might not know the day after that. And that is their point. Okay, so you're saying we got to just let people know we won't possibly know the outcome the next day? But she's saying that we need some sort of commission, maybe headed up by Barack Obama, to save America from the Republicans? Because it goes on here. That is their point. They're not all running to win. Some of them will, unfortunately. They are running to sow discord in America. And it will change everything. We will wake up the morning after Election Day. We might not even call it that anymore in two years. We might not call it Election Day. We might call it Election Week. Because what we are watching, and because it's so slow. Okay, David, help me. Okay, but because of the people that this lady has aligned herself with now, it already is not Election Day. In some cases, it's Election Months. Right. That's why I'm like, I don't understand what she's getting at. But she sounds like she's irrational and freaking out. Something new for her. (laughs) and goes on it's so slow we don't cover it as a five alarm fire but it is we are watching republicans not just destroying democracy in the dark breaking into election officers and plugging stuff in we're watching them do it from rally stages debate stages that's where they're doing it and and i guess what is she talking about i don't know david i think there was a break in There was a break-in, and I don't remember what state this was in. This is a story that I thought came out a few months ago. But, like, is who's running on a platform that says, yes, that needs to be encouraged? I have no idea. I don't know. The reason I asked you if we'd been here before is, do you think it requires, you know, a democracy commission? Should, should, Should President Obama ask Chris Christie and Ben Ginsburg to sort of man a democracy hotline the way, you know, people used to man other crises. I mean, what should we do? What democracy hotline? Claire McCaskill's like, what? Well, um, it it doesn't take a commission. It just takes Republicans that have some character and integrity standing up. Okay. Yeah, Yeah, when Claire McCaskill goes, that's kooky. Yeah. Then you've really gone off the deep end. Now, I do also just want to point out, just as an ancillary story to that point, it just takes some Republicans standing up. Okay, well, let's look at the Republicans who have, quote-unquote, stood up, right? Uh, Adam Kinzinger. Uh, That guy, aside from having 100, you know, basically booze bloat face 100% of the time, I think he has developed a drinking problem. Um, I have no idea. Anyway, Hmm. it just looks that way. He just looks puffier than he used to. Hmm. That's Um, that's crying yourself to sleep a lot, too. That might be it, too. And and what did Democrats in Illinois do to this so-called good Republican? They they drew him out of a district. Sure. They they said, okay, we're going to redraw your district to where there's no chance a Republican can ever win again. Uh, Ben Sass soon-to-be former senator who's resigning from the Senate to take a post at the University of Florida. Leftist students protested him. Oh, yeah. Nuts. So, wait. So, any any example that you can find where the left has actually openly embraced a conservative who has turned on Trump after their usefulness has gone away, I'm, I'm all ears if you can give me one example. Right. Okay. 
Uh, you know what? I feel like apologizing for wasting anybody's time on that nonsense because we got more nonsense to get to, actually, that might be more entertaining. Uh, the View, Sonny Hostin. Hey, the Democrats have been doing something about the border crisis, okay? Maybe their messaging hasn't been good, but they have. Well, I think we've always talked about it. I mean, I think we certainly talked about it during the Trump administration when he was separating families and having children sleep on, on floors. Oh, and God. I think we're talking about it again during uh, when you have people like Governor DeSantis sending... Uh, who's trying to solve it? Well, we talk about that's it. That's not we, solve. We solve is not sending family. No one okay, and then they go back and forth or whatever. Right. And then, though, like Secretary Gardonas, you have people like Homeland Security talking about all the drugs that are being stopped at the border. Uh, what? You, you have uh, Kamala Harris going not only just to the border, but also this going to the countries where we're having most of the immigrants come. So they are they could be stronger in their messaging, but it's not that they're not doing anything. <laughs> <laughs> but the best is this. Are you ready? Because a lot of this is just Republican talking points, including inflation. But I reject the framing that the issue here really is about immigration and that the issue here is about inflation because the, because that's a Republican framing. Really, the issue here is that the Republicans misjudged the abortion debate. They misjudged <laughs> there we it. Go. Yeah. So that's, that's what that's what this election's all about. That's it. Uh, I'm stunned. Uh, okay, but the other. I don't know where to start. No. Yeah, no kidding. Unpack okay, that so, one. so Republicans misjudged the abortion debate. What law did Republicans pass that led to national Republicans, I mean, passed that led to the overturning of Roe v. Wade? It was actually because of leftists that you wound up having Roe v. Wade overturned because they decided that Mississippi's abortion ban after 15 yep. weeks was just too harsh. <laughs> Even right. though it is more permissive than most other developed nations. Right. And look at the polling with the American people. Okay, so we've heard three now. We got one more to go, and that's Kamala. Yeah, Kamala Harris. She did a big interview with uh, Seth, uh, Seth Myers last night and was asked whether or not Joe Biden ever gives her advice, considering he was vice president for eight years. Oh. You know, I will tell you, um, first of all, I, I love Joe Biden. And I really do. And it's probably um, for the best that he can't send emojis. Let's well, just say. <laughs> but, you know, he is very thoughtful and he is very kind. And, you know, so he is thoughtful about, you know, the American people in terms of the work we've done. And oh. it's been historic work, how we've lifted up oh. working families, how we have invested in infrastructure, <laughs> the biggest um, investment in the climate crisis, historic $370 billion dollars. But what I will say in terms of the interpersonal oh, it's torture is Tuesday. He, he knows oh, the job goodness. and he cares about the partnership. And um, and in that way, it makes it a, a real joy, given all that we actually need to address in terms of the challenges our country faces. But he really is quite wonderful. And yes, having been vice president, he knows what the job involves. Oh, my goodness. OK, that was a load. Holy if you had to pick one out of the four that was the most nuts, you'd have to pick a different clip for Kamala because that was just kind of a load. But between Stacey Abrams and Sonny Hostin and Nicole Wallace, but that's tough. Yeah. I, I, I think I, for the sheer nuttiness of it, I think I'll go with Nicole Wallace. 
That is nutty. The whole Bureau of Democracy that a democracy yeah. hotline staffed and, by yeah. three people: Barack Obama and I forget uh, Chris Christie, Chris and Christie, and one? I don't know somebody else. Yeah. Um, the only thing I guess that could have made that better is if she would have said, "You know, that's what Jesus would have wanted." To mix in some Stacey Abrams there. Well, he had disciples that answered the phone for him. <laughs> he never really got through to Jesus. Hello, Jesus Hotline. <laughs> He's oh. busy. Sorry. Wow, man. That was something. Golly. Yeah. I'm stunned. PayPal still wants to seize your money. We'll get to that much more straight ahead. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. You might have heard about PayPal, a little controversy over the weekend. People were talking about, oh my goodness, they're saying that if you spread misinformation, they can fine you up to $2,500 straight out of your account. Like, what? So people started putting online, yeah, I've canceled my PayPal account. I'm done. So PayPal kind of does reverse. Hey, but there's a mistake in the wording on this. Kind of got confused here. No, that's that's not true. So it sounded like maybe they were doing a 180 because they had customers that were very upset. Well, as it turns out, I've read this in a number of different places, that, okay, part of the agreement maybe has been modified, but what is still in the PayPal agreement, if you are a customer and hold an account there, that it's not just misinformation, it might be something that they determine to be hate or intolerance. Hmm. So if they deem that you've said something that is, well, hate speech, they can still take money out of your account. Well, what could that mean? That there are only two genders? Is that hateful? For some well, people, see, that's I, hateful. Yeah, you need. don't you need a kind of a playbook here? They get to decide what's hateful. But shouldn't I get to know before I post it, before I lose access or my money? You should. Well, there. I got to know what the rules are, if I'm breaking them or not, right? Well, they'll decide what the rules are as soon as they oh, read as, your post. as we go along. Okay, yeah. got it. Sure. Yes. And, you know, you're asking, well, can they do that? And then sometimes people would say it comes down to the judge on something like this. Well, and it's scary for a lot of people. Yeah, and if you click the accept the terms, I I don't know exactly how. They're not a bank. PayPal's not a bank. So they're not regulated as such. So I actually don't know. I don't think it would even come down to a judge. I think PayPal can do it. Wow, man. So much for that account. Okay. And then, you know what? I don't know if we have time to get into this entire other story about a journalist oh, geez, that actually called Child Protective Services on a Senate candidate in Virginia because of Columbus Day. Yeah. Yeah, it turned yeah, into it, It'll take a few minutes to, and it's worth it, to lay that whole thing out. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll do that uh, in a couple of minutes. Um, don't know if you saw this story. Roller coasters are triggering the iPhone's crash detector and calling 911. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Did you see maybe the commercial for Apple? Yeah, I have. Yeah. 
that all of a sudden oh, it's, there's been a crash, yeah. notify, call 911. Well, in the phone, it uses something called the high G-force um, accelerometer to detect four types of crashes, front, side, and rear-end collisions, and also rollover crashes. Mm-hmm. So different people said, I'm not quite sure which one the coasters are triggering, but it could be all four. Because if it's a corkscrew or a loop, you could see that would be like a rollover. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, but it's happened at multiple parks. They, they said at least six times at Kings Island near Cincinnati. So, yeah, I could see because, you know, they're jerking you right, left, up and down, mm-hmm. all over the place. Totally makes sense. So now you got to figure that technology oh, out. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Big story of the day, David. Big story of the day to me is that more and more people whose job it is to know these things are saying that uh, the worst is yet to come when it comes to the economy. Not only Jamie Dimon from J.P. Morgan Chase, but the International Monetary Fund has come out and said it. uh, That, by the way, if you think that this winter is going to be bad with an energy crunch, unless something drastically changes in the way that we are producing energy in the world, uh, next winter is going to be a, well, severe winter of illness and death. It doesn't have to be. No, No, it doesn't have to be, but we're all like held hostage, apparently, by some high school dropout from Sweden. (laughs) Greta Thunberg. (laughs) How dare you? All right. We'll get to that update. And Scott Robbins' top three of the day, the trifecta, straight ahead right here. Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Just saw that the New York Times is mentioning that uh, the president may reevaluate a relationship with Saudi Arabia. Guess that's after the other reevaluations backfired. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're always reevaluating, aren't we? Right. Retooling. Mm-hmm. Please, we need oil, please. Reimagining. <laughs> These are all wonderful terms they use constantly. All right, I wanted to get to this story. This is nuts, man. David Levitt, who describes himself as an award-winning multimedia journalist. This is the guy that a few years ago lost his mind at a Target because an electric toothbrush was labeled wrong. The price was labeled wrong. On the shelf. Oh, I remember that guy. Remember, and there's this lady yeah. named Target Tory now, who was the uh, person that he accosted, who worked at Target, and he filmed himself berating this lady because it was more expensive when she scanned it than it looked like on the on the price tag there, and he actually put this out, put this poor young lady's face out all over the place, and he thinks he's the good guy in that situation. He's a sociopath. He does not understand reality. You get the feeling. Uh, Because he called Child Protective Services on a state candidate there in Virginia, Tina Ramirez, reported her for child abuse. So you're thinking, okay, how does any of this happen? It starts with 
Levitt replying to a tweet from Ramirez, who is the candidate. Um, and this was over the reports that PayPal planned to find people for spreading misinformation. And so Ramirez tweeted, only women can get pregnant. Do I owe PayPal $2,500 now? And Levitt replied, why are you celebrating torture, rape, murder, and enslavement? Oh, my gosh. You see, Talking about Columbus Day because she had also tweeted about Columbus uh... Day. And so Tina responds saying, I teach my daughter real American history. I refuse to join the radical left campaign to erase history. Levitt responds by trying to get some of his 330,000 followers to harass Tina Ramirez by reporting her to Child Protective Services. Can someone please call Child Care Services on Tina Ramirez, who's teaching her child to be a racist? Yeah. So then, apparently, he decided to make the call himself and then started complaining about the long wait time to speak to someone at the hotline. Yeah. So he put out the Virginia State Hotline for Child Abuse has a 10-plus minute hold and is experiencing high call volumes with 14 callers ahead of me. This is absolutely unacceptable. How many people try to report child abuse and hang up? How many children will continue to be abused, he asks. Yeah. So he's holding. So Tina Ramirez responds, Mighty bold and liberal of you to lecture a Hispanic mother with a black daughter on racism. What's next? Are you going to lecture me on women's rights? So Levitt then responds by wondering whether she knew he was waiting to report her. And then informed her, having a black child doesn't make you any less racist. Right. What about having brown skin? What a clown yeah. this person is. Oh, yeah. And, and he encouraged other people to call into that hotline. So, again, he thinks he's the good guy when he's the villain in every situation he starts. Well, and people are noticing, hey, you're jamming up the line. There are real people that need to get through. Holy smokes. So there's, you know, part of the thought from a few years ago that Trump broke a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Okay, they're still broken. If that was the case, there are a lot of nuts that have lost their minds. That's despicable what that guy's doing. Tying up the line like that? Yeah. Jeez, man. All right, Robbins, you ready for your yeah, big Yeah, let's three? do it, man. Let's go. Okay, let's do it. Are you ready? One, two, buckle my shoe It's the three most important news stories of the day. I hit the trifecta. Well, at least according to Scott Robbins. It's the trifecta on the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. The birthday boy, Scott Robbins. Yes, this top three stories of the day. And always joined by Zero. Hi, it's me, Casey. Hi, Casey. Coming to my I'm birth- ready. Coming to my birthday party tonight, Casey? Yeah. Okay. We'll Three. Hey, Number David, before we, start, uh, before we start calling an audible here, okay. uh, uh, the Warnock story will be ditched in favor of uh, a piece of audio from John Fetterman. Okay, cool. Okay, all right. Uh, so we'll start at number three. Uh, another CNN star is reportedly about to get canceled, according to John Nicosia, who has reported a lot of the goings-on and called some pretty good shots uh, yeah. early on. He called the Tubin shot, and he called the Stelter shot, and he called the uh, Harwoods shot. Uh, this go-round, he said he's getting another scoop. Big name, about to exit CNN. Stay tuned. Now, apparently, we're not going to know who it is 
until the end of the week. Yeah, he said he wasn't going to say anything until the end of the week. Right. So speculation is running rampant now. I would like to ask you guys, who's it going to be? Part of what uh, John had reported was that um, uh, it was somebody who reminded too many people of the Zucker era. Yes, but so, yeah, that could be anybody. Sort of resistance it? guy. I, I'm assuming uh, Jim Acosta. That'd be my bet. I mean, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Lemon on this one. No way. Nah, I don't think so. Do you want to bet on? How about that? the haircut? No. Tapper? Yeah. No, they just put Tapper prime time. Do you want to bet, Scott? Gosh, I want to, but I don't know if I should. It's up to you, man. I mean, if you're ever going to risk it for the biscuit, it's on Lemon your birthday, Lemon is so right? deserving of being on the beach. Yeah, I'll go with it. Yeah. Five? Let's go five. Yeah, Both of us? That- no, just one of you. I don't want to lose ten. <laughs> I'll take Jamie was first one in, so All I'm right. going to go with Jamie on this one. Okay. Okay. Now you got Acosta. I'll take Acosta. And I'll take Lamone. Okay. And if it's neither, Can no I take blood. the field? No, it's, if it's neither, it's no blood. Uh, I should have gone with the field. All right, never mind. <laughs> okay. Too late so now. So bold there for a second. Too then, late now. I know. Uh, now I'm now on with the countdown. Uh, by the two, I know it's time for two. Lemon's protected. They just moved him to mornings. They're not going to fire him. They just moved him. What'd they do with the Costa? He's just floating out there on the yeah. weekend. He, yeah, he does the, like a Saturday show. So yeah, he's, he's very expendable right now. Yeah, they parked see. him on the weekends. I and, think I made a mistake. Okay. Yeah. That's all right. I'm going to ride the Lamont bandwagon here. <laughs> all right. Here we go. <laughs> yep. Fingers crossed. All right. Yep. All right, number two, you said it was an audible, and we're talking about the walking vegetable in Pennsylvania, the Senate oh candidate, John Fetterman. Well, he's, uh, he's still making the rounds. He's still trying to implore people to vote for him as that race continues to tighten up. He and it's, Dr. Oz. Yeah, we're getting into toss-up place right now. Uh, and, and every candidate that's a Democrat that's running for anything is always asked the same question, and that question is, should Joe Biden run again in 2024? And Fetterman was asked that question. And I'd like to play it for you, but now it's not playing. Why isn't it playing? I don't know why it's not. I know why. Okay, I got it now. Okay. Should uh, Joe Biden run again in 2024? I think that should be a decision made by Joe Bin. And and that's, it's not a matter uh, anyone's choice other than his. And, and I respect whatever choice he decides. Okay. No. Got it? Mm-hmm. Joe Bin. Joe yeah, Joe Ben. Joe Joe Ben. Yeah, should decide whether or not he wants to run again in twenty twenty four. Yeah. Now, for those of us who didn't know, Joe Ben was a candidate. Well, he is. Yeah. <laughs> well, and there's you know, nothing wrong with Fetterman, by the way. Nothing. You know, Joe Biden is actually. I think he's he's doing a campaign event with John Fetterman today. Holy smokes! Wow. I think it's either maybe they're just super tight, and that's just a little known nickname only for the inner circle. <laughs> Joe Ben yeah. yeah. calls him the Ben. Yeah. Calls him Ben. Yeah, the Benster. <laughs> now we just, on with the countdown. We just keep pretending there's nothing going on. What? Not what? What's wrong with Fetter? What? Nothing. Okay. As a side note on that story, <laughs> yeah. stupid Today Show on NBC. They're doing a political roundup, and they're talking about Senate races. Okay, they fly by the Fetterman, Doctor Oz. But then when they mention Georgia, Herschel Walker, a lot of controversy. A lot, a lot of controversy there. 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 Nothing yeah. on Fetterman. It was really something, man. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. I think we're all the way up now on the Scott Robbins trifecta. Top three stories of the day. Yep. One. 
uh, longtime Democratic Party consultant and reprehensible human being, James Carville. You don't like him, do you, David? No, I really don't. Not a fan. No, I think I, I think he's a he's a bad guy, and he represents everything that's bad with politics. Well, he's now gone on record as saying, "Hey, you know what the problem here is? So a lot of these consultants for the Democrats are walking around, and they say all you got to do is run on abortion, and that's going to win for us. I don't think it's going to at all. So it's a good issue, but if you just sit there and they're pummeling you on crime and pummeling you on the cost of living, and you've got to be more aggressive than just yelling abortion." Every time they uh, utter any other words. So anyway, there you go. That's on James Carville, and I would happen to agree with that. I think that has been taken off the table almost. It can be a sideline as to whether you vote or not or whether you vote, who you vote for. But for the most part, people are going to vote based on their income and how they're doing. And there you have it. By the way, as you wrap up the trifecta on your birthday. Yes. Does it hold any weight for you anymore what James Carville says? Uh, Just out of curiosity. I'm entertained by him. I guess he doesn't irritate me. And there, there, a lot of times I think I'm he's... I'm with a, David. He irritates me. I think he's 100% right. On this. Yeah. I think a lot of times he's right. Okay. I don't think he's a dumb guy. He said a lot of dumb things. Yeah. I don't know, man. I mean, where does does he show up anymore on the different legacy media networks? Oh, probably gets into roundtables occasionally, I'm guessing. Because it used to be he was the go-to guy, right? Yeah, and, so I, he, he pops up on MSNBC and I think okay. CNN uh, CNN quite frequently, yeah. yeah. So basically he needs to join Madonna and Jon Stewart in the It's Over Club. <laughs> Did you, Madonna came out as a lesbian or has a... I have no idea. She's I, more photos and whatever. I just, I, I just, just see it. I'm like, yeah. it's desperation. It just is what it is. I'm more irritated by her than Carmel. She's older than you. She is older than me. Madonna. Some yeah, people yeah. are. She's like 95. <laughs> <laughs> she went to prom with Joe. <laughs> well, I mean, she looks like a piece of beef jerky that someone slathered Dude, moisturizer yeah, that's, on. It's, that's, it's unsettling. Uh, when your whole career is based on that stuff, and then when you start to get older and you still want it to be based on that because that's all you got. Yeah. Wow. There is a way to age gracefully. Well, That's yeah. not it. It's not no. occasionally dropping nudes. <laughs> to quote the great Rodney Carrington, put it away. It looks like an old baseball mitt. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I was going to get to another story. I uh, No, nah, that's okay. Um, <laughs> got to end well, on that note. <laughs> well, David has a story about a piece about this dude that's making three hundred fifty grand a year living paycheck to paycheck. And I don't think he's looking for sympathy, but you're like, how is that possible? We'll get to that news update. And Nimrod's of the news all the way. Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. News update, David Van Camp. Man, this is almost sad. So we were talking about John Fetterman. He's the Democrat running for Senate out of Pennsylvania against Dr. Oz. And he had a mm-hmm. massive stroke a few months ago. His campaign lied about the severity of it. And just not that long ago, he started getting back out on the campaign trail. And it's very clear he's got serious issues. Well, NBC News uh, sat down with him for an exclusive interview. 
to talk about all these issues. And one of the saddest parts is the reporter almost gives a disclaimer because they had to have like a talk to text uh, screen up in front of him because he can't understand when you're talking to him. I didn't realize Holy it was smokes. that bad. I didn't know that. But they've, I, you know, you can hear it's bad, but I did not realize it was that bad because he just, the auditory processing isn't there. Well, no wonder he can't debate. Right. And, and so here's the disclaimer from NBC News. Uh, we had a monitor set up so that he could read my questions because he still has lingering auditory processing issues as a result of the stroke, which means he has a hard time understanding what he's hearing. Now, once he reads the question, he's able to understand. You'll hear he also still has some uh, problems, some challenges with speech. And I'll say, Katie, that just in some of the small talk prior to uh, the interview before the closed captioning was up and running, it did seem that uh, he had a hard time understanding our our conversations. Yeah, put Whoa, that guy wow. in the Senate. Okay. Yeah. yeah, because you know, then the package that they put together is cleaned up. Yeah. You're not getting the raw footage. Wow. Holy smokes. Okay. Well, with that update, ready to get the Nimrods? Wow. Let's do this. When the going gets tough. Damn it, this is too hard. The dumb get dumber. All right, Dean. It's Nimrods in the News on the Martley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. I love the poorly educated. All right. Nimrods in the News. You know, earlier today we had a story, David had it, on the journalist that got scammed out of about 100 grand, and the journalist saying, I'm a journalist. Yeah. I never would have guessed I could get scammed because I graduated from journalism school. It's a bad scam, too. But this poor lady, 65-year-old woman in Japan, thought she had a long-distance relationship with a guy from Russia. But, yeah, he was pulling the old scam, saying he wanted to marry her, start a life together, but he needed money to move there. But as a twist on this one, because he claimed he was a Russian cosmonaut living on the space station and needed money to get back to Earth. (laughs) (laughs) she fell for it and sent 4.4 million yen to his account that's about you know somewhere just over 30 grand oh my gosh he said most of it is just to cover the quote rocket costs (laughs) god she didn't really get onto it until he was asking for more money, and then she realized, oh, oh, this could be a scammer called the cops. Well, it's like everything else. The price of rocket fuel continues to go up. <laughs> it is. <laughs> Golly. Man, oh, man. And then, you know, uh, high school football games, more than I could ever remember, the fan section is like a big deal, becoming more and more so. You know, different chants they try to work out, dress-up nights, things like that. It was a big one at Baldwinsville School District in New York. The superintendent there, 48-year-old Jason Thompson, decided, I'm going to sit in the fan section. I'm going to get rowdy with the kids, right? That dude started crowd surfing at the game. They were thinking, wow, he seems to be really into it. Later, he was pulled over by the cops. DUI, twice the legal limit. Oh, man. And that's Nimrods of the News.